Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how He truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I'm Carla Swanigan, and today on the show, we are going to be talking about mercy. That's our topic today on the show. So um, we're going to be all over the word. There's tons of example in scripture about the mercy of God and Jesus talking about mercy and demonstrating mercy. So we're going to dig into that a little bit today. And I'm so glad that that you're here and you're listening in. You know, the verse that comes to my mind whenever I think about mercy is that verse from James. It's James chapter two, verse 13, where the brother of Jesus says, and that's James, he says, mercy triumphs over judgment. And that's the verse that has always like come to my mind when I think about um, scriptures on mercy and, and mercy in the word and what God says to us about mercy. And I think it's because that's such a powerful statement. When you think about that mercy triumphs over judgment. Um, I just think that even in that statement itself is the love of God displayed, you know, he's such a good father. And I love that. Um, he gives us tons of examples of Jesus displaying mercy in the new Testament and God displaying mercy, even with the city of Nineveh, you know, that was his mercy when he didn't destroy them after he sent, um, the prophet Jonah after the whale and all that stuff that happened in the book of Jonah that we've read about. But, um, there's tons of examples of it in the new Testament as well. And so we're going to read some of those scriptures today and, um, just kind of see what God says about mercy and the ways that Jesus displayed mercy to us. You know, it says in Romans chapter five, verse eight, it's that verse about, you know, while we were still sinners, God sent his son to us, you know, before we ever did or try to do anything right, we couldn't live by the law. And so he sent his son to rescue us and redeem us. And again, it's that just points back to the goodness of God. And I know that we talk a lot about that on scandalous grace, but that's the whole premise of my show is the goodness of God and the, and the scandalous grace of Jesus. You know, he was always rocking the boat. Jesus was, he was always breaking off those religious stigmas and and breaking down those religious walls and people's lives and in, in community that he lived in. And it always pointed back to the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, that the fact that we can't live by the law, the law never helped us. We can't live according to the law. We can't earn our own righteousness. It's all because of the finished work of the cross and it is finished. We can't add to it, you know? And so we talk about grace a lot on the show and, and to me, grace and mercy go hand in hand when you're talking about the father. And one way I've heard it put is grace is getting something that you don't deserve from the Lord. When he puts his, you know, he gives us his grace. It's, it's something that we don't deserve and he gives it to us anyway, just by the grace of Jesus. And mercy, I've heard it said that mercy is getting, is not getting something that we did deserve. You know, we deserved punishment. 
We deserve not to ever be restored to the Father because of our sinful nature, but because of God's mercy. He sent his son and the finished work of the cross redeemed all of that and restored us back to the Father. So I've always thought of mercy that way as not getting something that I deserved. I deserve punishment, but I didn't get it because of God's mercy. The definition of mercy, um, one definition I looked up says, compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So um, just to give you an example of that, not too long ago, it was a Saturday and I was out running errands in town and I got hung up at the grocery store and took longer than I should have. And I still had to get home, unload my groceries, get ready and leave for church because we go to church on Saturday nights too. And um, I was rushing down the road near my neighborhood from the grocery store, heading back home, aware that I was running late. And I was, I was behind this big white pickup truck and honestly, I wasn't paying attention. So I don't know what speed I was going, but all of a sudden the truck in front of me slammed on his brakes. And I was like, oh, it's probably like an elk or a deer in the middle of the road because we live kind of up in the hills and and that's quite common to see an elk or a deer in the road. And so I slammed on my brakes too and I looked and and right as I did, I saw um, a sheriff's deputy coming, you know, driving towards us in the opposite lane. We were on a two lane highway and um, I'm like, oh, he put on his brakes because he saw a policeman. So that's when I looked down and checked my speed. But you know, I'd already put on the brakes, so I was doing under the speed limit at that point. So I wasn't too terribly worried. I was just like, okay, I probably wasn't speeding, no big deal. But the, I looked in my rearview mirror, and the sheriff's car whips around, makes a Yui, and gets behind us. Now, he doesn't turn on his lights. He's just following me in this truck. And I'm thinking to myself, well, gosh, if one of us was speeding, it wasn't me because that truck was in front of me. So, And I was just, you know, kind of tagging along, doing whatever he was doing. So surely... He would pull that guy over and not me. So we get to the top of the hill and I'm not, again, I'm not too worried about it. I'm thinking he must be following that truck to see, you know, what's up with him or whatever. I put my blinker on, I turn left into our neighborhood. And as soon as I turn left, that sheriff's car whips in behind me and turns on his lights and has me pull over. And you guys, I hate getting pulled over. I mean, hello, it is the worst feeling. Can I get a witness? I mean, I hate it so much. It's like I'm five years old or something again, and I'm like scared that I'm going to get in trouble. And it's just like this panic feeling comes over me whenever I get pulled over. I hate it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, Lord, I must have been speaking. Like, why did he pull me over? And sure enough, he comes up to my window and I give him my license and registration. And he's like, yeah, you were doing 10 over. And I'm like, really? Like, I was really surprised. And I was like, okay, I didn't say anything about that truck in front of me and point out that perhaps he should have been the one to get pulled over because that I don't think would have done any good in the moment. So anyway, he walks back to his car and I'm just sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't want to get a ticket. And so I'm just like, Lord, I just, I just ask for mercy. I just pray that I just get a warning this time. I haven't gotten pulled over in years and I haven't had a ticket and I just want to keep a clean record. So I just kept praying, have mercy, Lord. I just pray that this policeman has mercy on me. So sure enough, he walks back and hands me a big fat ticket. And you guys, it's not cheap. It's like a $100 plus ticket. It's expensive. And it's like the last thing that I needed at the time. I was just like, oh my gosh. And so he gives me the ticket and yada, 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 and tells me to have a nice day and gets back in his car. And so I drive home and now I'm really late. I know I'm going to be super late and I'm pulling the driveway and I'm putting away all my groceries and trying to hurry so I can still get to church on time. And the whole time I'm just 
super bummed that I got a ticket. And I'm also like embarrassed. I'm like ashamed of myself because I'm speeding and I'm like, yeah, I guess if I was doing 10 over, I totally deserved it. And sure wish that he'd just given me a warning and shown me mercy, but he didn't. So I was really bummed about that. And then on top of that, I was scared to tell my husband. And I don't know why, y'all, because John, my husband, is like the most laid back guy if you ever met him. He's just kind of like, hey, what's up? You know, he's just super casual, tra-la-la. Um, we are a good combo together because I'm usually like running at 10, you know, mock 10. And John's just real mellow right there at four, three. So we're a good balance for each other. We make a good team. But I don't know. I was just scared to tell him. And so um, we get in the car and we're together and we start heading to church. And I'm just like, ugh do not want to tell him I just got a ticket and I'm like I have to tell him and then I'm like I'll tell him after church I don't want to tell him before church so we're driving and um getting on the highway and he looks over at me and he's like oh you look nice tonight honey and I'm like I just blurted it out you guys I'm just like I got a speeding ticket today and it was so out of the blue and so random like it I'm sure he was just like what and he did he looked at me and he's like what do you t- what do you mean and he's like, where did that come from? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm scared to tell you. And so I just go into this whole long story and I'm like, and I asked for mercy. I was praying for mercy and I didn't get mercy. And, and he's like, well, babe, I mean, and I, and I said to him, I'm like, I don't even know if I was speeding. And he kind of looked over at me and he's like, babe, please, of course you were speeding. And I'm like, yeah, I probably was. Because listen, my teenager calls me rally car driver. Whenever I am, I'm driving around, he's like, mom, you're, you're like in rally car mode. So I guess I do like get a little carried away um, with my foot on the gas sometimes. But anyway, it still caught me off guard and I still wish that I'd gotten mercy. But anyway, I was embarrassed, but I told my husband, we get to church and, you know, we walk in and worship has already started and I'm doing the announcements that night. So I know that after worship, I have to go up and do the announcements and introduce our, um, guest speaker and our pastor that night and do the offering and all that stuff. So I'm just feeling all this guilt and shame all during worship because I got a speeding ticket and um, I'm just embarrassed. And, and I'm talking to the Lord about that. I was like, Hey, whatever this is like, heal that too. Cause I mean, I shouldn't be making this big of a deal over it. So whatever my issue with authority is in this area, that's bringing me so much shame and guilt. I know that's not coming from you, Lord. So just heal me of that. And so, um, I prayed that and I felt better about that. And we're on the last worship song and, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit just starts reminding me that the whole time I was waiting on that policeman and I was praying for mercy just the whole time. And the Lord's like, and I said, yeah, but I was praying to you for mercy, God, but that policeman did not give me mercy. He wrote me a ticket. I'm so bummed about that. And I felt the Holy Holy Spirit whisper to me in that moment. While we were worshiping, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you know what, Carla, that policeman did not extend you mercy. You're right. He didn't. And there'll be lots of times where people don't extend you mercy when you ask for it and when you need it. But I will always extend you mercy because I'm a good father. And you guys, that just wrecked me. I mean, it just totally um, wrecked me. I went up and. I share, I ended up telling everybody at church, um, all about my speeding ticket and how I felt like the God, that God wanted to extend mercy in our situations and in our relationships that night. And a lot of people stood up for prayer that, that really felt like they had asked for mercy in situations and didn't receive it. And they were really wounded from that. And so we were able to pray about it and, 
Um, God really showed up and it was a beautiful thing. Um, but I just, for those of you listening today, I know from experience, obviously, that there are times that we're in situations where we really need mercy and we from people um, and we feel like we didn't receive it. It might be relationships. It might be a family member that you're, um, you know, out of sorts with. Um, it could be your boss at work. It could be a situation, you know, I'm reminded of, of times when I would be late for a meeting or something and it was out of no fault of my own. Like there was a wreck on a highway or something like that, that made me late and I needed mercy and didn't receive it. You know, just things like that, little things that build up, but there's also big, big things. Like I said, relationships with loved ones, but, um, we're going to pray about that at the end of the show today. Um, so I didn't get mercy. I got a ticket, but there are tons of times in the Bible that we see people who didn't deserve forgiveness, who didn't deserve mercy, but Jesus extended it to them. He could have condemned them. He could have judged them. He could have criticized them, but he didn't. You know, one of my favorite ones is in Luke chapter 19. We're not going to, we're not going to go there, but you can look at it later. It's the story of Zacchaeus, you know? Jesus, he was a tax collector and he had cheated a lot of people, Zacchaeus had, but Jesus extended mercy to him. He invited himself over for dinner. Zacchaeus ended up getting saved and um, redeeming, got Jesus redeemed him. And, and that's a great story. But then um, my favorite, favorite example in the New Testament of Jesus extending mercy is in the book of John. And it's the woman caught in the act of adultery. And this story just moves me for so many reasons, but I think it's one of the most um, beautiful examples of Christ's love for us and his whole like non um, condemning attitude that he displayed throughout the New Testament and still displays in our lives today. Um, So turn with me to John chapter eight. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation, which if you listen to my show, you know it's one of my favorite ways to to read the Bible and take study further of the Word. I can't recommend it highly enough. You can get it on Amazon, thepassiontranslation.com. It's awesome. So we're going to be in John chapter 8. We're going to start with verse 1. Jesus walked up the Mount of Olives near the city where he spent the night. Then at dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts again, and soon all the people gathered around to listen to his words. So he sat down and taught them. Then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. And I just I have to stop right there because caught in the act means exactly what it says right there, caught in the act. So I'm imagining that this woman probably doesn't have on any clothes and then they bring her and make her stand in the middle of everyone. So there's that shame and guilt and condemnation that the law always brings, right? The law always brings that shame on us. You know, you didn't live up to it. You didn't meet my expectations. You're a sinner. You're bad. You're unrighteous. And um, they've got this poor woman standing in the middle of this crowd, probably either naked or barely dressed. Okay. And then we'll pick up in verse four. Then they said to Jesus, teacher, We caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us, what do you say we should do with her? They were only testing Jesus because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him 
of breaking the laws of Moses. But Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Angry, they kept insisting that he answer their question. So Jesus stood up and looked at them and said, Let's have the man who has never had a, dis- had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. And then he bent down over again and wrote some more words in the dust. Upon hearing that, her accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest with a convicted conscience, until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there in front of him. So he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. Jesus then said, Then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on, be free from a life of sin. Oh my gosh, you guys, that's such a great example of mercy. And he says right there in verse 8, oh, excuse me, in verse 10, you know, I'm not condemning you either, 10 and 11. He's like, where are your accusers? He calls them exactly what they are, accusers. It isn't that like the enemy, you know, that's his name too, the accuser. And he's, he's saying, you know, like, where's your accuser? I'm not accusing you. And I think that's so beautiful. That's such a great example of Jesus extending mercy to this woman when he absolutely could have completely condemned her. I love that picture. I love everything about that story. And so I want you to think about the situation that you're in in your life that you deserve. You you know, even what the accuser is saying to you might even be true. This woman, I mean, she was caught in the act of adultery. She was sinning, right? And, you know, it's that way. In our lives, too, like we sin every day. But Jesus says to her, you know what? I'm not condemning you. He doesn't put guilt and shame on her. He says, I'm not condemning you. I'm extending mercy to you. And that's what he wants to do in our lives, too. You know, whatever situation you have in your life that you feel like is just so horrible that you don't deserve forgiveness for, whether you do or not, doesn't really matter because Jesus is extending it to you. That's who he is. It's the finished work of the cross. It's what he went through. He died and rose again for us to be forgiven and restored to the father because of his great mercy. You know, there's this verse in, um, first Peter one, three, turn with me in your Bibles, or if you've got your, um, you version app first Peter one, three says this, And I'm going to actually start with verse two. It says, you are not forgotten for you've been chosen and destined by father. God, the Holy spirit has set you apart to be God's holy ones, obedient followers of Jesus Christ, who have already been gloriously sprinkled with his blood. May God's delightful grace and peace cascade over you many times over celebrate with praises, the God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. I love that. A fountain of mercy. And then Luke 6, 36 goes on to say this. Be merciful. Be merciful. Show mercy and compassion for others just as your heavenly father overflows with mercy and compassion for all. 
So I'm just reading you guys a bunch of examples in the word of God. It's saying that God is merciful and that he calls us to be merciful. It says again in Titus chapter three, verse five, because of God's extravagant mercy, he saved us. So we see example after example after example that God is a good father and it's his extravagant mercy that has saved us and set us free. But it also tells us that verse in Luke chapter six, verse 36, that we're called to be merciful as well. You know, something to think about is, yeah, we need God's mercy. We've got those situations that we don't deserve mercy. We don't deserve forgiveness, but he extended it to us. But we also have situations where we're the ones withholding the mercy, right? We're the ones that are in a situation of power, like it says in the definition, where we can choose to hold it over somebody or we can extend them mercy. I know there are situations in my life where the Holy Spirit's totally had to remind me, like, listen, I've given you tons of mercy, girl. You need to do the same for that, that person that just wronged you. So I know we talked about, we've talked about forgiveness, but, you know, there's also mercy that goes along with that, that goes hand in hand, you know, extending mercy to someone who doesn't necessarily deserve it. It says in Micah chapter seven, verse eight, that he delights in mercy. The father delights in mercy. He delights in giving mercy to us, but I also feel like that that means that he delights totally in us when we extend that same mercy. You know, there's that scripture, that story in the Bible about the rich ruler and, and one of his people owed him tons of money and the ruler totally forgave him the debt and released him, didn't send him to debtor's prison. And that same guy who had just been released from having to go to debtor's prison had a servant that owed him like hundred bucks, you know, maybe compared to the thousands of dollars that that man had owed the king. And he totally holds him accountable for that, doesn't extend him mercy and sends that man to debtor's prison. And then the king hears about it and he's like, what in the world? I just forgave you thousands of dollars and you can't even forgive your servant a hundred bucks. And he throws the guy into prison. And I feel like that's how we get sometimes. God has extended so much mercy to us because he's such a good father. He's so awesome. Yet we can't extend even the smallest little mercy to somebody that cuts us off in traffic or somebody that, you know, maybe a little bigger. Think about this. They talk about you behind your back and it gets back to you. You hear about it. You know what? Just forgive them and move on. And especially in those situations where those people come to you and say, hey, I made a huge mistake. Please forgive me. Extend that forgiveness. Extend that mercy. Give them a pass. Because how many times does the Lord on a daily basis, you guys, I know in my own life, I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe you guys are absolutely stunningly perfect, but I mess up probably a million times a day and the Lord extends me mercy every single time. And I love that verse that says his mercies are new every morning and days that I feel especially like convicted because of how I lived the, the night before some snappy remark I said to my teenager or a way that, um, you know, I went off about something to my husband I have to apologize to them. And then I get up the next morning. I'm like, you know what, Lord? I'm so glad that your mercies are new every morning. Another story in the Bible that I love is an example of mercy. And I think it's such a beautiful picture, even though it's a really short example is in Luke chapter 23. 
And it's where Jesus is dying on the cross and he's hung between the two criminals, the thieves, one on his left and one on his right. And one of them says to him, Lord, can I, will you please forgive me? Will you remember me when you, when you get to heaven? And the Lord looks at him full of mercy, love, and compassion and says to him, you know what? Absolutely. Today you'll be with me in paradise. And that's mercy. You guys, this guy's being hung on the cross for living a terrible life and being a thief and a criminal. And I love that even as he's suffering and dying, Jesus has the wherewithal and the mercy and the love and the compassion to say to this man, absolutely, I extend you mercy. Absolutely. Because like we read in Micah, he delights in mercy. And it tells us again in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, because he loves us, you guys, he extends that mercy over and over and over. And I encourage you so much, whatever situation you're in, that you're withholding that mercy from somebody, let it go. God's done over and above a million different things to show his mercy for us. Let's give that mercy to those people as well. Before we close and before I pray for you, I just want to tell you the end of my ticket, my speeding ticket story, my rally car driving. That ticket, it was time to pay it. You know, you have like 30 days or something. And I went online to pay it and I'm looking at it and I'm like, what in the world? And I look and it's not even in my name. The policeman had written the the ticket in my husband's name. So the ticket wasn't even on my record. It was on John's record. And I told John, he's like, yeah, just go ahead and pay it. We could fight it, but just go ahead and pay it. It's not worth it. And I was like, well, I guess I got mercy after all, you know, in the weirdest way, my record's still clean. So you guys, God's funny. He works in mysterious ways. So um, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that um, you would help people to really release that mercy to the people in their lives that need it, God. And I pray that you would show them how you've been merciful in their own life. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. We'd love to hear from you at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. We would ask that you would prayerfully consider donating to our show to keep us doing what we're doing as an outreach. And have a great day. And just remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Please go to carlaswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carlaswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan.